How's it going? It's fixing to be a lot better, man. Welcome back to Dazed and Confused, 33 and a third. I'm Jarf, and we are back with Track 14 and Paranoid by Black Sabbath. And with me this week is the guest so nice i booked him twice from (laughs) timeline scavengers it's james anderson welcome back james hey thanks how's it going it's going really well i'm really excited to dig into this week and we had a great conversation the last time i had you on so now we get to dig a little bit deeper so absolutely yeah so just to set it up this track starts with jody k siobhan and sabrina driving up to top-notch burgers and it ends with k wondering aloud why are men such pigs <laughs> and <laughs> and we get some of the some of the last of the hazing mm-hmm. in this minute as well but i already set up the song in this track and mm. this is something that has been on my mind for a while you said once that when you think of Dazed and Confused, you think about Sabbath. Why is that? Yeah, it's funny. I, just as you asked that question, I was like, I should think of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> but I don't, I don't right. even come close to, to that. And uh, I also think I should probably think of Slow Ride, because I feel like that's sort of like the, you know, the theme song of this, of this movie. But I think... I, I think I don't know if it's because like we hear the whole song or if it's because it's sort of in the nice meat of the movie. So it's like we sort of we're sort of, you know, rolling with we know all the characters now. We know sort of relationships and motivations and everything. So we can kind of it's less of sort of like stage setting and more like sort of execution of action. It like the song itself makes me think of like Black Sabbath is so funny to me because, you know, I grew up in in, uh, sort of a, you know, Christian household where it was like you know what kind of music what what music you're listening to and is there a christian alternative sort of situation and so black sabbath Mm, was always like uh uh, no of course not i'm gonna not gonna listen to that and then i listened to it one time and i was like this is just exactly like pink floyd except a little bit more anti-drug like it was so surprisingly wholesome and like the opposite of what everyone sort of thought or like you know what they're purported to be that it, it's funny to me and so hearing it in this in the setting of like i mean this is the oldest from, from like the the you know the the original sound you know like the volume one soundtrack this is like the oldest song that they would have been listening to by quite a bit and so it, it's interesting to me that they would have been listening to this as sort of just like they aren't thinking about black sabbath the sort of you know devil music this is just sort of party music and i i think that that's a really interesting light to to look at this in because it's it's accurate it's a you know pr- totally actually probably more accurate light than black sabbath normally gets looked at i just think that i love the idea of um i love thinking about people taking in culture that i think of as classic or sort of you know legendary or sort of whatever in the moment that it was sto- still sort of new oh absolutely do you remember the point in your life that black sabbath in general or the album paranoid specifically entered your life paranoid is i I got self-titled quite a bit later but paranoid is like my black sabbath album i mean i'm sure it's not i'm not alone in that but like i i know that i had it by senior year because i it was in a binder of 
this, this I have this story of losing this binder of CDs that comes up a lot, but I can never think of a CD that I've missed. Like I'm like I have all the CDs. How what what did I lose? And I mean, Paranoid would have been an album that I would have had, you know, at the time, you know, when I was like a senior in high school. I think that it must have been that I got into Led Zeppelin and then my mom was like, I listened to Led Zeppelin and went to Led Zeppelin concerts. So I was like, ah, so the rain is, the rains are actually a lot looser than I thought they were. And then I have to admit probably some sort of VH1 countdown (laughs) where I was like, hey, this is pretty good. And then just sort of tracking it down. Maybe it was cheap at a thrift store or something that sort of sounds like a move i would have made yeah nice nice you mentioned the volume one dazed and confused soundtrack yeah do you did you have this soundtrack what place in your life did it play i didn't i it's one of those soundtracks that like it's been on my amazon wish list since my I was dating my the woman I would eventually marry. It's been on my Amazon wish list for uh, eighteen years now. Like, <laughs> 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 it's at the point where I'm like, it. I mean, like, I should probably get it on vinyl or something special to commemorate it a little bit more. Because it's. I mean, like, I love the songs. I love the movie. I just don't have never owned the soundtrack. It was one of those that like I had friends that owned it like a kind of like a like a bob marley greatest hits sort of deal where it was like i don't need to own this because i have friends that own it and that's good enough and like i've never i'm not in a situation where i want to listen to it on my own that's more for bob marley than for this but like yeah i mean it didn't really play the soundtrack itself like as an album didn't really play too much of a role growing up i did just real quick, I was preparing for this and I was thinking about how Paranoid is six years old at the time when this movie takes place. And so I was looking at all the rest of the tracks and I was like, these are all like, you know, Cherry Bomb came out like two months ahead of, you know, two months before this movie takes place. So I made a playlist of songs that have a similar release span from now to when they were released, just to sort of get my head around like, Six years, 1970 being six years ago is so, you know, it's 2016 is is the similar, you know, the similar year, and that's absolutely wild to me. I think it's so it it's it's a soundtrack that you can kind of dig into because it's such a diverse group of music, like sort of a, an eclectic sort of arrangement. That's you know, I tried to find songs that were sort of in the same feeling as it as you know as the songs that they were sort of you know the analogs for and it's so hard it's such a great a well-organized group of songs it's it's yeah it's just a classic soundtrack that sounds like fun your playlist I mean. it was it was fun and then it was difficult and then it was i was like is there a way i can do this better and then i tried to do it a different way and i was like nope no 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 stop stop like <laughs> staring into the abyss of this could take this could you know eat my soul if i kept trying to figure out a way to do this better so <laughs> Yeah, it makes me kind of want to make a playlist of songs that were six years old when I was going to, into my senior year of high school. And and you know, Jeff, that's actually the correct way to do it because I just thought about how that would be for me. That'd be 1995, which in my mind, yeah, those songs are great. Like there, there's, it's six years ago from when you graduated is pretty great. It's that sweet spot of like you know you, the music you hear in that period is you know, will be some of the music that you love most and stuff. Love that. Yeah. 
six years before because I've been encouraging folks to think about their own time growing up and what the soundtrack would be from their version. But those songs that were six years old when you were going into your high school years, those were the ones that you grew up with. Yeah, exactly. It would be like um, Green Day's Brain Stew would be a good one for me where it's like, there's a darkness to it, but also it moves at a at a clip. That'd be a good that'd be a good analog. I know I had a really tough time the first time I was on here, but six years before I graduated is nineteen ninety five and that's Insomniac. I feel like I picked from Insomniac the first time too. Wait a minute. Maybe just Insomniac is just my is just my Dazed and Confused soundtrack. Just the whole <laughs> You did pick Green Day last time. <laughs> I think we're on to something, James. Yeah, <laughs> I think we are. I think we are. But like the thing that really, I mean, I know it's not, it's not the track we're talking about, but like a song that is a, that is part of your life that came out two months ago. That is like, that's absolutely like the, there are a couple songs where it was like, this was less than a year old and it's on this soundtrack and it's perfect. Can you imagine being like, you know, we don't talk about Bruno being like, you, the song that I always remember my summer being, you know, my summer, like it's just wild how quickly some songs can just really dig in and sort of make memories so quickly. Ugh. Yeah, it is wild. But I think that part of the reason narrowing our focus to, okay, what was popular music when you were going into your senior year? Yeah. For a lot of people, and I know for me, my relationship to popular music was so different by the time I was a senior because I was into punk and so there's music that now I'll look back with hindsight and say you know what that was pretty good I was just a bit too punk to be into it absolutely yeah yeah no totally absolutely I mean like it's either that I have that for like you know when I was graduating high school it was like like a boy band sort of era and I look back now and I'm like there you know some of the some of these songs are pretty good but I I have that or I'm like, I have no idea if this is a pop if this was a popular song. This staple of my teenage years, I'm not sure if anyone else has heard it. <laughs> but like it like I'm so sometimes it's so insulating to to have favorite songs that you listen to your by yourself that you don't know if there are other people that know what you're talking about. Which is what makes when you find someone that does know what you're talking about, why that connection is so special and, and like strong is because it's like, ah, you know, in a way you are me in this tiny little way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm making a bit of an assumption here, but I feel like a little bit more for me because I'm a bit older than you. <laughs> so a lot of my growing up years was pre-internet mm -hmm. or were pre-internet. And so, I mean, we, we were trading cassettes, man. Oh, I was. That's, that's how real we, we got. For me, it was just the tail end of that enough that I could really appreciate like Napster like very, very much where it's like, I don't even have to, I just read about this in my, in a magazine and I, I got it now, right now. Whereas I couldn't, you know, I didn't buy what's the story morning glory by Oasis because there were a bunch of tracks on it that were blank. And it turns out are just sort of like atmospheric, like intro tracks or whatever. But I was like, I'm not spending my money on this, not knowing if that's just a bunch of cursing and stuff. Cause again, I was a very sweet, like, you know, young man, but it was you you know i couldn't go on spotify and be like what all right what is this album like so i definitely have traded my my share of uh, mixtapes and stuff but i feel like i'm just the perfect age to be like yeah this is great you think it's great but you don't even know how great it is <laughs> <laughs> really lorded over people that are younger than me <laughs> all right all right all right so 
for this scene, <laughs> paranoid. Yeah. How I, I was a little bit tickled with the part of the scene that is the mm. girls pulling up in their Volkswagen with paranoid. It's yeah. Kind of an odd juxtaposition, but I was curious how you think this song enhances or detracts from the scene. Well, I mean, if it was me and I was realizing that Paranoid would be perfect for the scene, it's because when the, when, is it, it's um, Benny's car that they're in? The way that he's possessed oh, when about O'Banion the beer. and Benny pull behind yeah. the freshman. And they don't have their yes. lights on and it's playing, you're like, that is why you put Paranoid on this in this scene when the girls pull up and paranoid's still going it's just so cool like the fact that anyone would be listening you know like not like the fact that anyone would be listening like anyone could be listening to this because it would be playing on like the radio you'd be listening to is so cool it's i mean it's dazing confused and american graffiti are so the same they have like the same soul to them the idea that you're driving around and the radio is just on and if you don't like Black Sabbath, then that's fine because, you know, whatever's going to be on next. But it's not like you can be like, I put on, you know, you can change to the other, you know, whatever radio station you can pull in. But like, I don't know about, you know, where you grew up, but where I grew up, there was one radio station that played the kind of music that I liked. And then the classic rock station and the other radio station that played the music I liked. I didn't, we didn't, the reception was too bad. Like it, I could only barely hear it. So you sort of listen to what they, they were going to play. And I love that with the idea that, there it's just the soundtrack is being delivered to you as opposed to selected by you and i love that it transcends i love that as you know in the in the reality of the of the movie that it is sort of just like yeah everyone's sort of listening so everyone sort of has the same like we're saying like the same sort of uh references but also in the world of making the movie i saw something that was it's funny that it's on the soundtrack but i saw something that was like cherry bomb played instead of giving uh, actual female character exposition and i thought that was very funny because i think that is done often but this is not that and cherry bomb actually isn't used like that in this movie either but this song being played for you know it doesn't matter who's pulling up is really cool because it sort of is like, I don't know, I don't know if this is too big a stretch, but it's sort of like the whole feeling of the movie, which is like anyone can play. If you can be down with, you know, and be cool, it doesn't matter who you are, you can you can play. And so it's sort of like the same sort of universality of who this soundtracks, who whose story this song soundtracks. Yeah, I like that take. And I like that the Volkswagen pulling into top notch gets every bit as cool of a glamour shot yeah with awesome music backing it up as the pontiac gto judge in the opening credits with sweet emotion yeah exactly and like for me the coolest things to see in a period movie are the things that are the most mundane like the cars that aren't the classic cars the cars that are just sort of eh like it, it, you know, it's. I mean, it's a, it's a Volkswagen Bug, so it's it's you know, it's not just eh, but like it's not like a flashy like. Oh man, if only I could own that car now. For most people, I guess, compared to the other one, but like, I love sort of just like this is what actual people you know wore and and talked about and drove in and stuff. I love that's my favorite part about about this kind of movie. So we've talked mainly about sort of the front half of this track, yeah. and. And then and then there's more hazing, which there's been so much hazing as I'm like over it. But you talked about, okay, 
you really like the mundane moments. I think what I focused in the most in this track was after Hirschfelder gets his licks uh-huh. and they're just hanging out by the cars and Don gets the beers out of the trunk. That whole part of the scene. Actually, I I have a fun fact okay. about good scene don is my don absolutely destroys anyone else in this scene like everyone does a great job sasha jensen absolutely steals this scene with like one hand tied behind his back in my opinion like he is so weirdly cool that i mean he 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 plays a similar character in in the buffy movie that i also really love but like it's like why are you giving him one huh who like who's that kid who that kid Oh, God. He's so... It's such a weird performance that he does so great. I mean, like, I like everyone, but him being the centerpiece of this scene really, really sells it for me. I agree 100%. I love when he walks back behind the car, Mm -hmm. and he's got this look on his face like the cat that ate the canary. Yeah. And then he just casually opens up the trunk, and then they've got the whole trunk full of (laughs) ice and beers. Right. Which, this is... I, I just... I know that this is a story from Linklater's life. I know yeah. that this is something that one of his friends did, just because yeah. that, that's been all over this movie, yeah. these little details that you just can't make up. Yeah. And, and the fact that he's not... He, like, he does look like the cat that ate the canary, but the canary that he's eaten isn't that he has beer in his trunk. It's that he doesn't care. that He's going to be so cool that he has beer in his trunk. Like the way he's going to casually do this is the thing that he is smirking about. In my, <laughs> That's if you, a great like, point. <laughs> he's, he, it's, it's, it's literally nothing, but there are, there are four girls that are now watching this performance and he's like, this is my time. This is, it's Don's time to shine. And yes. I love that. Okay. So now we get to my fun fact. Yes, so please. While while they're having this kind of flirty conversation, someone drives by, very rude, and it's just an ADR line, uh huh, shouting, "Fucker, I did," <laughs> like a total asshole. Right. So my fun fact is, Jason Lee recorded that line. <laughs> That's. That could not be more perfect. And it's before he had really done anything. He was just dating Marissa Rabisi at the time. So he oh, was really? around. Interesting. Because he was, he started off as a skater, right? Like, yep. he was doing like skate videos and then, yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Perfect. What, and <laughs> I like to think, because I think Kevin Smith has talked about how this movie was like super important to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great influential, you know, not just to him, but like, it wouldn't be surprising to me at all if he was like, who's that guy? <laughs> like, let me get that guy. Who's that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Who can just sound like a total ass? <laughs> right, exactly. I love, I, and I love the way that the girls don't miss a beat. That they're just like, ah, oh, fuck off. You wish. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. It's, it's so funny that this takes place in Texas. Because it could just as easily be New Jersey. That, like, as, as depicted in the movies that, like... And I guess that's why I'm sort of thinking of Kevin Smith, too. Is because, like, the sort of, like... The, the, the girls are, in, in some ways, far, far more temperamental and 
and willing to throw down than than most of the guys here are like you know you said something and everyone in the car of of women is like don't don't break i hope your car doesn't break down because you will get cut yeah don't mess with texas exactly uh yeah exactly so do you see this movie differently now than when you first saw it i think as with every single answer I've ever given in my life, yes and no. I think that I mostly watched this movie and then put myself back in high school James mode. But I also was thinking about it, and I was like, I was watching it, and I was watching O'Banion, and I just hate O'Banion so much. And I know you're supposed to, but he's the exact type of person that I'm just like, I probably talked about this last time. He just drives me up a wall. And I was thinking about how these are like the difference between O'Banion's age and Mitch's age is like three years, maybe four. And these are just kids. And they, the, all the hierarchies that you see in this movie are all contrived. I mean, they're very real to the people in it, but like from a distance of, you know, decades away from high school and a high school experience that wasn't really, you know, very like, oh no, we're going to get a t- attacked by the seniors uh, maybe i just wasn't cool enough to get attacked by the seniors but like it's so funny to look at these this as like when you're a freshman seniors feel like you know these grown men and these adults that are also at your school but when you're out of school and just have, you know living a you know my daughter is going to go to middle school next year and i'm just like it's all fake every bit of it is fake and you just have to you know survive or learn how to be sort of tricky and sly and sort of you know figure out your way through but it's over so quickly mitch is going to be o'banion's age you know you know before the mid 70s like it's wild yeah that is that is a wild thought because i mean the past three years have flown by like nothing yeah but but in high school, it's such a bigger deal. And I remember going to dances junior high, mm-hmm. and there would be some upperclassmen kind of hanging around, and they just seemed just like they were part of a completely different world. Like, how do they know so much about the world? How are they so cool? Yeah, totally. Well, cool. Well, I really appreciate that you... We're excited to come back and record another episode of this because of course. this has been fun. And I just, I appreciate your enthusiasm for it. Of course. I, I, I should tell you, I don't, I don't know if I was thinking of, of this podcast or just sort of finally decided to pull the trigger. I have Everybody Wants Some from the library, which I've never seen before, which I might go watch in celebration of recording this with you because I've, I've heard it's sort of a spiritual successor sort of deal. Nice. Perfect. All right. Well, we are set up then for our special episode. Perfect. (laughs) Excellent. Sounds good. (laughs) Cool. Well, that is a plan. Is there anything that you'd like to plug as well? Yeah, sure. Um, As you mentioned at the top of the show, I'm uh, one of the podcasts I do is uh, called Timeline Scavengers, and it is an MCU rewatch podcast. So we take scenes of the MCU, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we put them in historical order according to the in-world timeline. So we started with the beginning of time. And we reached a point in September where we were doing two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for uh, six months. So we realized that, like, TV shows we can't do scene by scene because that's too much. There's too many TV shows, too much. So we're deciding to do TV shows by the day of the plot. Like, each day that the plot takes place is going to be one episode. And we're very excited about this because it feels like a breakthrough on getting this impossible project to be 
manageable and enjoyable and still impossible as opposed to just like, God, when will they stop talking about this one episode of television? So that is what our plan is going forward. The first time we're going to see it executed is when we do a what if episode about if Peggy Carter became Captain America and became Captain Carter. So, but when oh, you're you incorporating the, the what if content too? Cool. We are, yeah. And which, what's really fun about the what I, I've seen people be like, oh, I'm not going to do what if it's so hard to whatever. The fact that like you can be like, here's what happened in the MCU. Here's what happened in the what if. And like, just do parallel, like, here, see how this is different. Like, it makes it, both of them, I think, more interesting to watch, for sure. So I'm excited about that. But we will be smack dab in the middle of Captain America when this comes out. And I'm very excited about that. So yeah, it's a, and, uh, you can follow us at Timeline Scav. It's one of my favorite shows that I've ever been a part of. And it comes out, by the time you're hearing this, it comes out three times a week. Four if we have, well... Just real quick, if an, if a movie or TV show comes out that takes place before where we are in the timeline, like earlier, we record those and release those episodes sort of as special pickup episodes, and then we have them in the most recent episode section for a week, and then we shuffle them back into where they go in the timeline. So if you're listening to this after hearing me talk about it right now, there are a bunch of episodes that are coming out now on Saturdays that will be early, early episodes in the timeline as if they've already been there. So if that happens with like Moon Knight or Doctor Strange 2 or um, Ms. Marvel, we'll be recording episodes and releasing those as a fourth episode of the week. So when you hear this, you know, the, the train is moving quite quickly and we'd love for you to, to jump on board. Nice, nice. So you basically yeah. have your own time control board like in Loki exactly. that goes around and just fixes the timeline. Exactly, exactly. I know that probably wasn't the right name for the the organization, so I, I lose some true believer points for that. <laughs> no, 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 of course not. Absolutely no, no such thing. <laughs> well, it was nice talking to you, James. Love this show, and I can't wait to listen to it. Thanks, man. You have a great night. Hey, thanks, you too. Not to worry, there's a new fiesta in the making. Join us at the Moon Tower, our Facebook listeners group. Until next time, just keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.